Um, sweet. So we're excited to have you guys. I'm, I'm excited to be up here. Who all here is a senior? Okay. Who all here is a senior that is graduating when graduations are in like a month? Keep your hand up. Who has, who has, you are not, who has no idea what they're going to do? Anybody? All right. Well, I had a present for that person, but hey, whatever. Are you really a senior? Yeah. I got you a present. You're welcome. So that's a book called Tale of Three Kings. Damani loves this book. And I saw that book change Damani's life. That, that book's amazing. So another question I have for everybody who's not a senior and people that are, um, who here, I want you guys to think back to maybe like when you were a child or recently and think about the time that you had or have a dream job, okay? A dream job. And I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them what that dream job is. You just tell them. All right, all right. So, what, somebody yell out to me something that they heard. Something they heard. Ballerina, police officer, police officer of the canine unit. Okay, these are all important, okay? All right, <laughs> that is a great one. Okay, so everybody has a dream job. You guys can see this. It's like super common to have some type of dream job. And you can see like most of the time dream jobs like, I had a dream job, and I will tell you what it is soon. Um, but usually these dream jobs are just like like something that you're just kind of like, oh, that sounds cool. I have no idea what it takes to be this, right? Or it's just kind of like like astronaut. Like everybody wants to be an astronaut. Do you realize like what type of person it takes to be an astronaut? Like not only do you have to be like incredibly physically fit, but you also have to be incredibly smart, which usually those two don't go together. Um, and so like to be an astronaut is kind of like being like – Something that doesn't always, you know, exist. So that's what I'm talking about. And tonight we, we're in the middle, we're finishing up basically a mini, mini series of how to honor God in everyday life, right? Last week Jordan did an incredible job talking about how to honor God in, in our academics, right? That was so good. Um, and so tonight I'm going to talk about how to honor God in the workplace, okay? So both of these things are incredibly important to everyone in this room for two reasons. One, I think everybody here is a student, or should be, most everybody, right? So academics are important. And also, you're probably not here unless you're trying to get a job. So you'll be in the workplace one day. So might as well buckle up. We're going to talk about these things, all right? So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll start. Jesus, we love you, God. Father, would you speak to us? Would you till the soil of our hearts so that we could hear your word, Lord Jesus, and accept it? And not just hear it to, to, like, for, to feel good about ourselves or anything like that, God, but that you really would change our hearts, change our lives, and change our futures through tonight, God. We love you. We worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
So I'm going to start out with reading a verse, um, a couple verses. It's Colossians 3, 22 through 24. It says, Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Okay? You guys are like, I'm not a slave. Or maybe you're like, I'm going to be a slave for the rest of my life to work. Hopefully, guys, after tonight, you guys see work as a completely different thing than you walked in here as. Okay? That's what I'm really hoping for y'all. So, as I read that verse, this is what it makes me think about. Okay? I have a slide. I basically will tell you guys what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. All right? And you're like, this is why I came. So, I want to know. I've been stressing about this. So, first off, you will be... For one-third of your life, you will be asleep. You'll be utterly unconscious and vulnerable to anybody that comes in and wants to do whatever they want, okay? That's pretty terrifying, but also true, okay? For the next third of your life, as an American, okay, that was more of a human thing. Most humans sleep for eight hours a night. Um, As an American, you'll probably work for eight hours a day. And so half of your waking life, you'll be at work. And you're like, oh, shoot, this is what I signed up for. Um, and then the rest of the time, whatever is left is free time or commuting or whatever you want to put that towards. Um, so if you're spending half of your waking hours of the time that you're conscious working, don't you guys think it's probably a big deal how we treat this, how we think about it, how we approach it? This is a huge deal. I think sometimes we take it lightly. I think sometimes we take it way too seriously. Um, but, but this isn't just a, so, a social norm, okay? God, when he um, created man, he, he actually created him to work. You're like, wait, what? Work is not a punishment. Work was given before man ever sinned, okay? So when we talk about this, we want to figure out what does God think about work and how should I think about work? Work is the way that God plans to infiltrate the world through his kingdom. And here's my question, um, just real quickly. Why do we stress so much about, um, you know, our families or whether or not God's calling us to be a missionary or in full-time missions instead of taking seriously what he's calling us to do in the workplace, okay? So I'm going to talk about these three things. And the first thing is... If you are a follower of Jesus tonight, you are called to be a disciple maker. Primarily, no matter which job you hold, okay? Just because you're not a missionary or pastor or whatever, doesn't mean you get off the hook from making disciples. So I thought about saying this kind of towards the end to like wrap things up, but I was like, man, this is actually like really foundational. This is something that I really want to build from in order for us to understand work rightly. So... Matthew 28, 19, you guys probably have heard this verse before. If not, it's up here. Jesus is talking. It's like one of the last things he says to his disciples that's written in the Bible. Um, He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is a mandate from Jesus. Okay? A lot of things he said were like, hey, if you do this, you'll have a pretty sweet life. But this is actually kind of like an instruction that he gave. Like, go do this. Um, And so if he says to do that, it's probably pretty important. 
And so what this means is if you follow Jesus, if you claim to follow Jesus, then your mission field is where your feet are, okay? It doesn't mean that you have to drive all across the country or fly all across the world in order to be a disciple maker. Instead, so these are two questions. Instead of asking, when it comes to my job, how much money or where will I make the most money, what if we started to think of it this way? When it comes to my job, where will I make the most disciples? Y'all, this is, this is a huge deal. If you and six of your friends were primarily a disciple maker, and you were an engineer, or a school teacher, or a nurse, or whatever, but you were primarily a disciple maker, seven of y'all would be able to disciple the entire earth before you retire. Okay? For real. It's crazy. I'm not saying that if you go into the workplace that you are any less. We want to send you out to the workplace. We want to bless you guys to go into the workplace. We want you guys to be equipped to go into the workplace. If you aren't equipped, then that's some responsibility is on me, okay? If you guys leave from here and you're like, I don't know what to do. I never even thought about this. That's my responsibility, okay? I want you to be an incredible doctor, artist, school teacher, engineer, and still be a disciple maker first, okay? In Matthew 6, Jordan read this last week. He referenced this verse. It says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you, Okay? It's not really out of context, okay, because the, all these things are things that we worry about. Money, clothes, shelter, our house, security, all these things that we kind of think, oh, maybe this is a big deal because it means we have to live. Um, all these things will be added to you if you seek the kingdom first, okay? For 2,000 years, we have sought the kingdom of man first, and we've like, kind of lacked in these other things, okay? But if we start taking this seriously and change the way that we think about work— all these things will be added unto you. Does that make sense? Cool. So that's the first thing. We are disciple makers if you are a follower of Jesus. The second thing is, this is just true of everybody, God is much more concerned with who you are than what you do. Okay? God is much more concerned with who you are than what you do. And you're like, you're on the second point. I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to be when I grow up. Right? <laughs> Tell me. God wants to develop you into someone who is worthy to be called the bride of Christ, the bride of his son. He wants you to look more and more and more like Jesus. So when I look at the Bible, I think of three people. Um, the first two are David and Jonathan, okay? If you guys don't know who they are, um, their story is in the book of First Samuel. Um, and David was this guy, he's basically like this really tough kind of like a cool guy. He's really into like farming, but also music. He's athletic. Um, and so he's kind of like a guy that like everybody would kind of think is cool. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like the astronaut of the day. Um, and he, God was like, hey, you're the kind of guy that I want to be king. And he was like, what, me? Like, no way. And, but there was already a king and his name was Saul. And David said, I will not, even though God told me I'm the type of person that he wants to be king, I will not raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. I will not go after this position until God says it's the right time. Because he understood that God's much more concerned with who he is than what he does. Okay? The second guy is his best friend. His name's Jonathan. And Jonathan was actually the prince. Um, he was Saul's son, this wicked king's son, who actually wasn't wicked at all. He was awesome. Um, and he abdicated. Abdicate just means like 
give up all rights as the as the, like the the rightful heir to the throne. He abdicated the throne to David. He said, "You get it. I give up these rights because you are the type of man who should lead this kingdom." That's a big deal, okay? So when we look at these things, Jonathan was more interested in becoming a godly man than even being known as the type as as the king. He was more interested in being a godly man than actually becoming king king himself. So when we look at this, we say, no little people, no little places. When you look at your job, there's no little people. Your boss isn't the only person you're there to serve, okay? I'm talking about your boss, coworkers, custodians, okay? All these people, no one's little. No one's insignificant. And no little places. No job that you have is insignificant. You are not above serving other people, okay? You're not above cleaning up or making your, you know, your cubicle look nice. If it's not in your job description, but it's going over and above and serving someone that you work with, I'd say it's like pretty worth it. So when we say no little people, no little places, the primary thing we need to learn is to be quiet before the Lord where we are. Because if we're like, no, 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 I need to be the boss, I need the CEO, or any of these things, then you say, well, any mistake that I make at that level is going to be a lot more impactful than, a, than maybe if it's like an entry-level position. Like if I kick over an eraser and that's a mistake, I'd rather do that than be like going to jail for something like embezzlement or something. Does that make sense? Like these things, like, like we want to learn at a, at, a, like a, at, a, at a lower area so that we can succeed when the Lord calls us to something higher. Does that make sense? Cool. And that's not saying, like, like dream, like, not to dream. It's not saying, like, not to look for things. But if you're so um, driven and so um, just, like, everything has to be my way, and you're not adding up your way, your dreams with God's dreams for you, maybe you're not fit to be what you want to be quite yet. But that's not saying that you never will be. God's good. He doesn't want to see those things happen. And the third person that does this in the Bible is Jesus. Um, and he says, so there's a story where there's like this big festival. It's essentially a big party. And he's eating dinner with his friends. And, uh, and Jesus, is, he gets up a little bit awkwardly. Um, and he actually starts to take his shirt off. And you're like, if you're sitting around with your friends and this starts to happen, it's probably kind of strange. Um, something's wrong at that point, right? Like if this happens and your friend takes their shirt off, you're like uncomfortable. And, and he... And he and he's taking the place, he's looking like a servant in those days, okay? And he starts to wash the disciples' feet, a, a job fit for servants. And the people around them, like, the people that were with him, they weren't, like, confused as who Jesus was. They knew him to be the Messiah. They knew him to be the, the, the Son of God. They knew him to be the King of Kings. Everything that he said he was, they believed that. And so it wasn't coming, it wasn't like, oh, well, maybe this guy really is a servant. And for some reason, you know, he was tricking us or something like that. The reason he did this is so that he could show that he's not above any of that stuff. He's not above serving. He's not above making others a big deal. Does that make sense? And so in John 13, 17, Jesus says this. It's like so cool. He's talking about, if, he's talking about serving each other. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Okay? If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And that's what I'm saying tonight. I want you guys to learn what it looks like to think of work rightly. Not just so that you know it, okay, but so that you do it. 
This is something you've probably heard before. We say knowledge equals responsibility. If you know something, then you're responsible for it, right? If you guys, you guys don't just go to small group to learn your friends' names or, you know, to learn about the Bible or to, you know, know something without doing it, okay? That's not why you come to Chi Alpha. That's not why you do any of these things. You learn these things in order for you to go out and do them. Serving your boss, serving your coworkers will freak them out, guys, like for real. So after I graduated from college, I worked for um, two years as, a, uh, as an admissions counselor and as a college recruiter. And it was really fun. And I had been in Chi Alpha, and so I took certain things that I learned there, and I adjusted them to fit into the workplace, okay? And one thing that I did was I always would, would like, kind of, we'd do this as, like, guys. Um, we'd always be like, oh, dude, like, I, I call the back seat, right? Does anybody here do that? Like, oh, I call the back seat, whatever. And, uh, and I remember doing that. It was, like, one of the first days on the job, and I was like, oh, I call the back seat. And, like, my co- coworker's like, okay, like, <laughs> I'll sit up front. And I was like, no, 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 it's cool. And like, and I, and I was, and I got, or another time I would like get towards the front seat, and, then, and I'd be like, no, actually, you guys can sit in the front seat. And they're like, why would you do this? Like, it really bothered them. And I was like, oh, I just want to serve you. You know, you know, I was like, I want to sacrifice. And if you use the word serve, it will freak people out. They hate it for real. I remember another time, even even it's like simple things. It's not like you have to wash someone's feet. Uh, this this is like so dumb. Um, this lady, this lady, a woman that I worked with, um, sweet lady, was, she's older, so she's fixing to retire, okay? So I don't know what birthday it was, but it was a, a higher number birthday. And uh, I felt real cool because, like, my coworkers invited me to go out to eat with them for her birthday. I was like, sweet. And so we're there, and, and she's fixing to retire. And so I was like, man, I don't know. Like, what do you do? What do you get a, a lady that's fixing to retire when you're 22, you know, like? What is she like? And so I was like, oh, I'll just buy her dinner, right? And so I'm like, waiters, like, hey, hey, you know, give me her check. It's her birthday, whatever, right? And, and she found out, and she, like, she, like, started, like, tearing up. And it, like, freaked her out. And, and, and she was like, why would you do this for me? That's not right. And it was, like, kind of funny. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you on your birthday. Just let me pay for the meal. But this is, like, it's because, like, this freaks people out because, if when you serve someone and it freaks them out, you can tell that that means that they're not willing to do the same for you, okay? And these are the principles that we're taking into the, to our jobs, into the workplace, okay? Serving is simple. It's not always easy, okay? So I didn't go to school. I graduated with a public relations degree. Hey. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, like, you know, as a child, like, my dream job was, like, I want to be public relations firm worker. Like, I don't even, I, I graduated, I don't even know what they're called. Um, my dream job was to look exactly like this man right here, one of my biggest, absolute biggest heroes, Jason Bourne, okay? This man owns people all the time. Like, like, why would no child want to look up to him? First of all, that is a gun. That's cool. He's got something in his ear that he's talking to some big deal person with. Also, in one movie, he kills a guy with a paperback book. Um, Like, this dude is is just like wrecking shop. 
And so I went to school because I was like, I'm going to be whatever Jason Bourne is. I don't care. Like, I was like, I don't want a family. I don't want anything to tie me down. I just want money. I want a bunch of passports to different countries in different names, and I want to, like, wreck on some people. I have no qualms doing any of these things. I still don't really, but this is, this is what I'm saying. I didn't go to school to, to uh, I didn't have a dream of, like, becoming these things. I didn't dream to be an admissions counselor. I didn't dream to be a college recruiter. But I learned, here's what I learned. I learned that God is more concerned with who I am than what I do, okay? And because of that, I learned to be more like Jesus. And I, and I, and I started to learn what it looks like to disciple people after college, outside of Chi Alpha, Okay? Not, not saying I have it all down. I'm just saying I started to learn that stuff because I recognized that. I didn't even, honestly, you guys are like, well, what am I listening to you? I didn't even really dream to come to WVU and be a, pat, a campus missionary. I, this job that I do now, like, that wasn't something that I was like a child and being like, dude, you know what? West Virginia, that's a place. First of all, I didn't know that. And, <laughs> and I didn't know, like, any of this stuff. But I'm still being formed into a man who hopefully looks more and more like Jesus because we become like who we behold, right? So this is, this is like such a, like, a, like an important principle to grasp as you guys, I mean everybody, not just seniors. You guys, if you have a part-time job or hopefully you have aspirations to have a job um, one day, um, for you to understand this principle is, is key. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is this. Here, I'm going to say it twice. Work is the main place we worship God and main way that we live for God as soon as we graduate, okay? Work is the main place we worship God and main way that we live for God as soon as we graduate, okay? Please, 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 if I could go inside your head and tear out one thought, I would tear out the thought that the place I just, I just explained is church, Okay, that is not it. If you are incredible at going to church and you have a full-time job, you may go for about five hours a week. Okay, that's not even a full work day. Does that make sense? Church is not the place this happens. This is a book. It's like a really funny looking book, um, but it's amazing. It's by a guy called Leroy Imes. Um, It's called Winning Ways, and he tells this story. I'm going to read it to you all because he says it so well. Consider this scene. Several guys are standing around in a garage. Two men are working under a car, and one of them is a Christian. A preacher from a nearby church drops in to visit the Christian mechanic. One of the bystanders announces, Hey, Pete, the preacher's here to see you. The atmosphere crackles. It gets quiet, and the conversation changes temporarily. After the preacher leaves, the guys return to their normal language and actions. And here's the question he says, who could influence that garage the most for God? Pete, with grease under his fingernails and in his hair, working steadily and honoring his master, capital M, or the preacher, making a brief contact with little real communication. Guys, we are essentially God's secret agents, and we're his, we're his plan to reach the world, okay? Preachers have incredible importance they are the ones that equip us to do this every single day in, those, in half of our waking life. But we have to be brave enough 
and learn how to take to Jesus to work with us. Just like Jordan said, we have to take Jesus to school with us. We have to learn how to do this well. Read that verse earlier, Colossians 3.22. Or, yeah, right after that, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. We're working as if Jesus is our boss. We're going to work considering our Jesus to be our coworkers and everybody else that's there, okay? If we think of that, how can our the places that we work not be transformed? If we treat everyone there like a big deal, not just the boss, not just money, okay? I'm talking about everybody there. If we treat them like a big deal, that place will never be the same. A great question someone asked me recently. They said this. Is it enough to let your life be the example, or should you actually talk about Jesus at work? It's a good question. Is it enough just to let, like, kind of shine your light, whatever that means, um, or should you talk about Jesus at work? And my answer is both, okay? Both of those are incredibly significant. Work ethic if we have good work ethic, just like this verse says, work heartily. That's such a cool word. If you have, like, hearty work, that's probably good. You know, like, you can't be kind of wimpy and hearty at the same time. Like, you have to work, work heartily. We're serving God at our jobs. He is the reason why we're working. But we can't just be there working really hard and never talking about Jesus. And the opposite can't be true either. We can't just be talking about Jesus all the time and being really lazy, all right? This, y'all, I wish that y'all could meet this guy. His name's Eddie. Um, when, I, when, I, when I started working full-time right after I graduated, this guy was like my go-to. He is like the culmination of both, okay? He is work ethic and talking about Jesus and like not, not just letting his words be a witness, but also letting his life be a witness, okay? This guy is, like, incredible. Um, I actually was texting him yesterday, and I was like, dude, you've, like, been so impactful. And here's why. When, when I worked with him, I would watch him. And I, he, he wasn't my boss. Okay, he's a Red Raider. Don't hold that against him. Some good things can come from Lubbock, Texas. This man is living proof. Um, he worked for Texas Tech. And people would ask him questions. Hey, what's Texas Tech like? Um, and, and he would answer them. But he'd also say, hey, what are you into? What do you like? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? Who are you? He would make students feel like a really big deal. When most students don't really feel like a big deal, right? Especially in high school. He would, he would come in. He would make people feel like a big deal, specifically students. They'd always be around him. And then he'd be like, hey, I don't think you should go to Tech. We don't have that program. And then he'd tell him a joke and say, hey, you should go talk to someone else. Like, he, he's always making people feel, like, at home, he's welcoming, and he's helping. And he was incredibly influential around his coworkers. We would ask, hey, Eddie, like, what are we supposed to do? Please help me with this. Like, I, I've never encountered this before. I have a question about this. So he's influential with his peers. And now he's not even doing that job anymore. He has, like, this big baller job where he's influential in the entire state of Texas um, among public educators. Like, this dude's amazing. But every day that we would work, he would not only make people feel like a big deal, but he'd also help people if they couldn't, if they had too much stuff to carry back out to their car, he'd be the guy doing that. 
he'd be the guy asking you how you're doing, not just how work's going, okay? Eddie, like, I wish y'all could all work with Eddie. <laughs> For real, like, this guy, he would make Hello? Oh, sweet. Eddie probably didn't want me to talk him up too much, um, so he prayed against it. Uh, but but he'd also, he would also talk about Jesus. Like, it wasn't just work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. He took the time to say, hey, have you ever heard, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever heard this verse? Do, what do you think this means? And I was like, aren't you going to get fired? Um, but he never did, and actually he got promoted, so whatever. Um, there's another guy I met recently. Um, he's a big business. Uh, he owns three barber shops here in um, Morgantown. And uh, so I was getting my hair cut, and he sits down in front of me, and he's like, hey, man, who, who are you? And I was like, uh, I'm just getting my hair cut. And, uh, and he's like, oh, hey, man, I own, I own this place. And he's like, I, just, I was just talking to people today. You know, we're not too busy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sweet. And so I told him a little bit, and then he's like, like he's asking more and more and more questions. And, uh, and it was so cool. I was so impressed with him because he told me that he's not as concerned with money as he is with people. He said he's given out so many free haircuts that people are like concerned with him. Like, hey, you know, how are you going to keep your business going if you give out so many free haircuts? And then he like kind of smiled and like did that kind of wink thing. And he was like, and I just opened a third store. And I was like, dude, this guy is legit. Uh, so he's not like lacking there, okay? When you're seeking the kingdom first, all these things will be added, right? Does that make sense? He said, a lot of people won't go to church, but they can't help but go to work. <laughs> so why can't you talk about God at work? Why won't you talk about God at work? This man, he created an atmosphere at his job um, that he like, he had music on and TVs on, but they weren't, they weren't the, the primary thing. The conversation is what mattered to him. And you could tell that he made people a big deal. He said, he said work is about creating a community, and I believe that. You don't have to be the boss in order to create a community at the job you have. It takes one person with God to be the majority wherever they're at, okay? One person with God. I'm almost done. Um... I had a friend, another friend who's like, he's in the oil business, and, uh, and he told me a, a couple things, and I'll just kind of like run through these. They're, they're pretty practical. He said, when you go into the workplace, you don't start your whole life over, okay? You guys have learned things here that are applicable there, okay? It might not look exactly the same. Like, I'm not going to go play video games with all my coworkers all the time, right? Or I'm not going to go play ultimate with them all the time, right? But I can ask them about their lives, and I can go out to eat with them, and I can do these things with them. Does that make sense? It's not going to necessarily look exactly the same, but it's the same principles. You're already living these things. You're already being made more like Jesus. Keep that going, and then start planning on how you're going to practice these things. If you have a part-time job, practice there, for real. If you, you, you can't really get that much trouble at your part-time job, okay? If you practice something there, like, and you develop something there, it's going to be useful for you to do that somewhere else. Uh, the band can come up. This is all practice. It's not going to come in. It's not going to all come naturally at first, okay? If you practice this, start practicing honoring God in our academics, honoring God in the workplace with your maybe your part-time job or whatever, internship, then you will 
be stronger and stronger and stronger at these things. This guy, this guy consciously surrendered his vocational life to Christ. He realized that God wanted to be him to be his special representative in the office that he worked in. And he did this in two ways. These are sweet. This is so useful. I've started, I read this like four days ago, and, and I've been like trying to do this. You can't think about Jesus all the time, <laughs> okay? If you're a doctor and you're like trying to read the Bible, but this person's heart's falling out of their chest, like you probably should do one or the other. So I don't know anything about doctors. That's how I think they do things. Um, and so what he said was that if you pray this and you say, God, I know that I love you, and you know that I love you, but I can't think about you right now, so I'm going to do this report, or I'm going to meet with this client, or I'm going to write this whatever, and I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it the best way I can do it, and I'm going to do it in worship for you so that you know that now, and then you go do a great job. Guess what? God's going to be pleased with that, okay? And then he said the second thing is commit your mind to return to God whenever it's wandering. You can pray. You can talk to your coworkers. You can ask them questions. But when you have time, commit to returning your default thought back to God, okay? This can be sort of scary. <laughs> Ask God for bravery. What are you guys afraid of? If you aren't interested in being known as a Christian at work or interested in seeing your coworker saved and transformed, then why, why do you claim to be a follower of Jesus? He is our supreme choice, the greatest person we'll ever know. And if we want our friends to know him too, we're going to be doing that. If we want our bosses and coworkers and people that work in the same department or different departments, we're going to be introducing them to him. We're going to be talking to him about them. And that's going to, like, really bother some people. <laughs> and that's okay. Remember, we can't claim to be sons of God if we don't act like it. This guy, Keith Miller, said he learned to be okay with failing for Jesus. He had several conversations with people that did not go well. And he said, it's okay because I just failed, and that's all right because I'm learning. He said this, the only real witness which would last was not what we said about our beliefs, but what people saw us to be week after week in our dealings with our associates and with our competitors. Dang. Like our, our friends and our enemies, right? Basically, work hard, and the rest is up to God. Okay? So tonight, um, I, really, I really hope that you guys um, begin to see work in a different way, that you guys can kind of see that, that the workplace can be a dark place. There's idols there. <laughs> All right? There's people worship greed, money, self-serving, um, stepping on people, ruining other people's lives in order to get ahead, right? That's, that's the king of most workplaces. But if we can go in and we can show them that Jesus is king, those places will be transformed. So if you're a senior and you're, you have a plan or you don't have a plan, it's okay. Um, I, want you guys to, I want you guys to be sent. We believe in you. We want you to be great at what you're going to do. And so we want to send you out tonight. If you are a senior, I want you guys to come to the front. There's going to be people up here to pray with you. Um, if you have friends here, we want them to pray with you too. We want you guys to be sent out in God's power into the workplaces that you're going to be going to. If you have an internship, if you have a job lined up, if you have 
school coming up next. If you don't know what you're going to do, those are all valid reasons to be prayed for, okay? Also, I want you guys to ask God. This is for everybody. Ask God for him to show you um, a plan. You probably won't be able to do this yet, but going into it, um, your first several weeks, it's going to be like getting your bearings, right? Probably for like six weeks or so. And then after that, you can start kind of looking, how can I serve God here? How can I serve my friends here? How can I do these things for him here? Does that make sense? So asking God for a plan, asking him for bravery and help witnessing, um, being God's witness wherever we're at. And also, and lastly, um, yeah, just like, just like a blessing. I want you guys to be a blessing where you're at. Um, and so, yeah, if you're a senior or if you have a part-time job or if you just need prayer, um, please come up front. We really, we really want to send you guys out. We care about this. It's a huge deal. Um, and also, um, yeah, I'm going to pray, and then, uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll do that. Jesus, we love you, God. Father, help us to learn to worship you in our work and not just worship work, Father. Jesus, you are worthy. You can transform any workplace. You can transform any heart. You can transform any community, Father God, and you want to use us to do it. You don't have to use someone who's older or, <laughs> or better at these things, God. You want to use us. Jesus, I pray for everyone here, Lord God, that you would speak, that you would move in their hearts, that you would show them practical ways to do this, God. We love you, Jesus.